Hi everyone. Welcome to Real World Parenting, tips and scripts for parents on roads less traveled. I'm Dr. Laura Anderson, a child and family psychologist, and I'm glad you're here. As you settle in to listen, let me reassure you that you are in the right place. If you're a loving parent looking for answers and encouragement, and maybe even a chuckle amidst hard things. If you're a loving parent who's raising a child on a journey different from your own as a child, and are seeking a compass as you navigate uncharted waters. This is the place for you if you get the theory of parenting advice you keep hearing, but for the love of chocolate and curry and all other nearly perfect things, that theory never quite works as planned with your actual children. Finally, you are in exactly the right place if you're a therapist or clinician who works with kids, teens, and families. My intention is that these episodes will deepen your work and change lives. So in this intro, I get two to three minutes here to boil down 30 years of work in my psychology offices and my experience as a mom in the trenches and let you know what I'll offer with this podcast. I almost called it Lessons from Our Living Rooms or Couch Conversations because my offerings will be things I have learned and keep learning from the vantage point of both my living room couch and my therapy office couch. The aim of this podcast is to offer hope, support, wisdom, and experience in community, to provide clinicians a window into what our recommendations actually mean for real families in real life. We will talk all things kid and teen related and shine a spotlight on families navigating identities related to race, gender, and adoption. We will explore common child and adolescent mental health and wellness related topics. The hope is to leave you with a greater understanding of your child's needs and a, you got this, energy. Episodes will also feature actual practical tips and answers to questions including, well, what do I say when and what do I do when, so that you feel equipped to handle the day-to-day parenting puzzles we face. So pour yourself a cuppa or lace up some shoes or hide in your busy parent bathroom for a bit and join me for head and heart conversations about loving and living with children walking past less often traveled. Have I mentioned I'm glad you're here? I trust that you'll be glad. Hi, everyone. Welcome back this week. I am so excited to be here, and I know you will be glad you were here, too. It is an honor and a privilege to bring Shalita Grant to be with us today. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, I was excited. I I know your work. We're about to hear a little bit about um, your acting background. And and I know you're also more than an actor, actress. So uh, what brings us here today is to have a really candid conversation about kids and, um, well, kids and adults, anybody, uh, esteem and folks navigating the world of taking great care of textured hair in a world that others it a lot. Um, so we're going to have uh, a conversation. So hopefully folks can leave here with some some understandings of what your experience has been like and what what motivated you to create some really cool resources that that families need to know about. So thank you so much for joining today. Thanks again for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> so tell us a little bit how I always let people pick and choose what they'd like to share. What what brings you to be in the chair today? How do we come to be talking about this? 
Okay, so a very, uh, you know, short way of saying it, I am a black woman with very typical type four or Afro textured hair with an atypical career that requires the use of my hair. <laughs> I'm an actress. And so those two truths collided into the catastrophe that was uh, my tenure on NCIS New Orleans. And the fact that I couldn't do one simple thing, which was get my hair into a ponytail, which I'm sure a lot of you and people in your audience understand that conundrum. Um, So imagine having to do that in front of literally tens of millions of people. Um, So that was my experience. And I left that show um, after three years. Um, I struggled with traction alopecia from season two, um, extreme hair loss on my hairline in season three. And so my whole goal in season four was quitting the show, um, breaking my contract, Um, But I came back in probably one of TV's most humiliating wigs. Uh, (laughs) It was like, I would get comments like, what the shoe polish is going on? It's like, girl, you have no clue. It's terrible. So when I left that show, I recognized my hair was an acting problem because prior to being on that television show, I'm a Juilliard grad, Tony-nominated actress. I had been on several television shows before. And what I experienced was, hey, it wasn't my acting. It wasn't my chemistry. It wasn't me doing my own stunts. It was my hair. So if I was going to have a longevity in my career, I had to figure out this problem, those two truths. I had to find some balance. And so my decision was that I wasn't going to try to change the people. I was going to improve and strengthen my hair so that it can sustain the diversity of talent that I would encounter. So I created the patent pending for naturals treatment. Wow. So, I mean, that must, I've had, so I'm a transverse adoptive parent. Uh, I think most people who listen to me know that already, but, and I didn't go into this clueless. I had had lots of years of overlapping social relationships and, and you know, informal kinship kind of relationships with people. And I had, but I remember, I remember the learnings when, when I was, I was like that, but that's a lot of time. Like I am a, like, that's time and it's commitment. And I don't know how to do that. Like this is a totally separate set of skills and chemistry and awareness that you need to have to manage hair that is textured, that is very textured, yes, textured, very textured mainstream. And the one that I grew up with. Right. And, and it's funny, right. I would make comments about that a little bit in other white friends who are outside the world of having to think about this stuff would kind of roll their eyes like you know that's a that seems like a silly thing to be worried about <laughs> or like when we would get ready to travel right. as a family I'm like I get my cares I gotta get my kids hair done. like we cannot go anywhere with him looking like that like no 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 mm-hmm. and they're like oh Lara that's you know seriously I'm like no you it it, it is a thing and it's it's a it's especially a thing with the loaded context that transracial adoption is happening in, in the history of our country and all of the complicated nature of, you know, black families being separated. And, and I mean, like all of this stuff that is just like it or not, I signed up for it. And my kid needs me to know the kinds of things 
that I can do to make the journey through, you know, figuring out, you know, culturally, cultural humility to understand, look, there are some things I don't know how to do. And this is one of them. And there's a lot of conversations in transracial groups about hair care. It goes, it goes deeper than hair care because that also suggests the cultural knowing and an understanding of the importance of hair in black culture. Right. So what, yeah. what was it like for you on this? Like, so your hair is not cooperating, right? Your hair is not doing what it needs to do. I mean, that, how did that affect you as a black woman trying to navigate the world in general? So I'm going to go back a little bit. I love everything you just said because there's so much truth in it and it's hard. Um, it's a hard truth, um, but I'm going to shed even more light on what you just said. Um, I come from a hair background. My grandmother has owned a hair salon since before I was born. My first job was the shampoo girl. Like before I knew I wanted to be an actress, I wanted to make tips on the shampoo bowl, <laughs> right? So like, that's my world. And I know what, and I considered my grandmother a great black business owner. She was a learner. She would go to these like conventions, hair conventions every couple of years. And I knew what she knew about our hair as it grew out of our head. And that was nothing. So fast forward to I'm an actress, you know, my experience is the, uh, is, is one of the truths of like, Hey, you can have money, you can have access, but as long as you have a tight texture of hair, your options are still incredibly limited to extensions or braids, wigs, cutting it off or locking it up. But there is no one addressing the texture gap. What is the texture gap? It is that multi-layered experience of many different problems with hair health problems that seem to compound <laughs> on each other. And when you try to fix one thing, you screw up all these other things. So for me on that set, it was season one. I came on to the show and that was my glorified audition. And by this point, I had been on several different Hollywood sets and I knew what they knew about my hair type, even the people that look like me, because the other truth of what you had brought up right before asking me this question is that just because you are black does not mean you know how to do black hair. And the reason is because our cosmetology schools, our certifying body says hair is hair and they pass out straight hair mannequins. <laughs> so, <laughs> so even down to detangling, right, you can have a varied experience of like, who, what is the proper way to do this activity, right? Yeah. So I had a black man doing my hair the entire time I was on the show. But when you're in Hollywood, the, the switch off is if you have to do anything specialized, like when I came on for season two and asked for more texture, they said, we'll give you a wet and wavy texture and we'll have someone sew it in. So I go to another hair salon, have that black woman put these tracks in, and then I go to set Monday through Friday and no one on set has the wherewithal, the knowledge to like troubleshoot when a track slips, when 
the thread is showing. So I had one episode in the water. You know how it is with us in the water, right? So I had one episode in the water that required two weeks in chlorinated water, rehearsing in chlorinated water. Then uh, we shot in chlorinated water and then we shot in swamp water. When I took my hair down at the end of that episode, I literally took my hair down in the center of my, uh, of my head. I was bald and this is me at like 27. Okay. So this was horrifying. Like I remember the shame and the pain that I felt I cried that whole weekend every time I touched my hair, my my scalp. There was that shame of like you them do this to you. Like how could you have not like just that like mm-hmm. implosion? So then season three, all right, I can't do the tracks because they can't be maintained. I can't do a wig again. So I let them flat iron the perimeter of my hair. I'm thinking that's the 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 way to go because at least on the weekend I can take this wig off and shampoo my hair and properly care. Well, by the time I got to the end of season three, I had an inch and a half of hair left on my hairline. So it was like, and now you're bald in the front of your head for this ponytail. So for me, it was like, I have to quit this job for my own well-being because I'm physically deteriorating, which is affecting me mentally. And it's also causing trouble on my job because I'm working for a lot of white people who like, you know, people in your audience, they just don't get it. And so it's like, I don't understand why this is so complicated. And the problem in our society is when you have a problem and it's not an easily solvable problem, then you become the problem. And so for me, it was challenging um, to feel like my place on that show was safe. So I made the decision to leave. Wow. Certainly, you know, women of all races and heritages know that there are beauty ideals that are hard to reach and there are assumptions about what makes people beautiful and presentable and how we, and, and what you need to do to maintain that. But that's nothing. I mean, I can't, I'm trying to imagine a situation in which I would, you know, have to make that kind of decision and it just again i think it just speaks to the fact of understanding that it's a different skill set different chemistry different and and you owe it to the children of color with textured hair in your lives to figure out what what to do to help them have a health here's i'm gonna help them have healthy hair and a healthy relationship to their hair Right. Yes. Because yes. it does take on a lot of meaning. Kids figure out very if they're not even in I would say in all different situations, kids figure out pretty early on that their hair is a different texture. If they're around white kids a lot, even within black communities, as I understand it, there's politics around hair and who's doing what with it and who, you know, how you're wearing your hair and isn't natural. All this kind of stuff. And kids pick up on that really fat. Like preschool is you know, I mean, and actually, my one of the good closest friends in my, in my life um, is a black woman and her mom when I was adopting. 
her mom, who I'd known for years, literally just like took me by the shoulders and was like, listen, no ashy elbows and don't you let people touch that child's head. Like even before I had it. And I was like, I know, I know, I know, Nana. Like I, I, that's the bad part, I know. But you wouldn't believe, or maybe you would, you probably would believe the number of body blocks that I had had to do over time yeah. because there is this curiosity like there's yeah so for a lot of reasons all children need healthy relationships to their bodies and their appearances kids of color are tasked with an added level of of finding positive messaging because they're not often put forward as the mainstream uh beauty ideals and when women of color are featured in mainstream there it's often with very straight and long flowing hair it is you know there's all of that politics as well so for kids who are being you know raised to have healthy relationships with their hair and healthy hair what did you then do what so so you make the decision like this is impacting me in a way and it's interfering with what I want to be able to do because they're and I really appreciate you saying when you have a problem and there isn't a solution, you become that problem. So how did you, and I think that's true for so many kids of color navigating predominantly white spaces. Yeah. That's a really beautiful, I mean, like when you, yeah, when you have a problem with what isn't there for you, you become the problem. And that is a really yucky and poignant um vibe for that I'm sure resonates with lots of folks who are figuring that out as they support their kiddos. Um, what did you do? Yeah. What did you do at that moment at that, at that crossroads? So I just, so when I left that show, I recognized that, you know, through my therapist, because I was with a therapist the entire time. <laughs> um, and I was like an A plus therapy student. Like she would reference something and I would buy the book and read it um, <laughs> and then apply it. Um, but she was like, look, you, you would benefit from somatic therapy, body therapy, right? PTSD trauma therapy. So I did three months. As soon as I left that show, like I found the trauma center in LA and I said, okay, I'm committing to three months and I'm going to do EMDR brain spotting, you know, eye movement and really get a hold of the emotional trauma of what I experienced because I knew the wisdom of the experience, the past experience was that I'm going to have this experience again. So like, I can't get on another set and like freak out. Like I, if they touch me in the way that I was touched before, if they, you know, if they say the things, if they put me in that system of, okay, well, we'll do this and da, da, da. Like I, I knew I needed to deaden the trigger. Right. Yeah. So I did. And one of the the benefits of trauma therapy is that, you know, before you even get into the muck, they give you like a lifeline, like you create your own lifeline. And one of those lifelines is this like body awareness. And so when I finished uh, trauma therapy, I do two shows before the end of the year. So I'm like, wow, okay, so 
I didn't not work again. That's great. But both of those characters are still in wigs. So <laughs> I'm still going to have the same problem. So I thought, all right, I know what the cosmetology board teaches about hair. I'm going to look at cosmetic chemistry, the study of hair for hair products. And so I learned everything that I was doing was a ritual. <laughs> Those like year long wash days, they don't have to be that long because they're not avocado egg tresemme shea moisture does nothing to the hair once you rinse it out um so i learned about anionic and cationic charge okay great i learned about the different parts of the hair strand all right wonderful and then i started looking into other non-white but successful hair cultures how did i define success resiliency strength length retention, moisture retention, and an ease, manageability, because that's the texture gap, right? Your hair is, you can't develop a routine because it's chronically dry. And because it's chronically dry, it breaks like crazy. There's no curl definition. So you have to make the curls, which again, fits in with the manageability issue because it takes forever, right? So I looked at India, Eritrea, Ethiopia, Greece, and I looked at what are their practices? What are their beliefs? What are they using? And I wanted to make sure that it was natural, that it came from the earth because a very raced way of looking at this hair texture is that you need something man-made because it's so other, it's so different from what? From straight hair, that you need something that was created by people to burn it into submission. <laughs> and so I thought, mm, I'm not gonna think of myself in that way. I'm gonna think of myself as a human being and that God has created some plant, some nature to solve these human natural problems. And I did. And so one of the, the so it's a two part, it's a two product, but three step system. One of the, the steps that's not a product is the detangling method. So I knew the horror of finishing detangling my hair for like 45 minutes and then seeing in the corner, like an entire chia pet of hair. And then like going back to like the hair that I just detangled and it's tangled again. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I need to like end that cycle. Yeah. Um, so in my research, I found like, okay, this is the fastest, easiest, most thorough way to detangle my hair. So created that system. And then I created the miracle that is the Four Naturals Henna Mud Mask. It's patent pending and it's dermatologically tested. There are about three treatments in every jar. Why three? Because it took me my third treatment before I could accept that my hair was undeniably different. The first treatment, it was like God or some <laughs> alien had just like sketched my hair strands. Each one made them heavier and like darker. And so it was like, oh, like, Okay, but I'm not sure how my hair is going to respond to water. Well, by my third treatment and literally a week after my treatment, I happened to glance at myself in the mirror and was like, oh, my hair is 
just curls. And I know I haven't slept with a bonnet. <laughs> I rolled around in my own sweat. And this is just like week old hair and it moves and it's soft. Okay. It, it works like this is it definitely works. So three treatments in every jar. You just scoop out a little bit, add water and then the cassia deep conditioner. Why cassia? Because cassia is as referred to as neutral henna. It behaves like henna in that it has a high enough cationic charge to surround your, your hair strands, but it's not permanent like henna. So it rinses out after a few washes. So it's like a mini treatment between your henna treatments. So the result of this for me was I had the easiest hair of my life. I could flat iron it. It was shiny. It was easy to flat iron. I could wear my curls and my curls were beautiful and defined and soft. I was retaining my growth. And then for the other people that have used this treatment. So I incorporated in 2019 and then I did a testing period where these people came in, um, they did nine treatments. They did them nine to 11 days apart. Why so close together? Because what I had learned about henna was that it builds on the strand and it's the kind of buildup you want, right? Because your cuticle is like a roof shingle, lots of gaps. If you're high porosity, very close together, doesn't accept water if you're low porosity. So that henna mud mask, every layer of henna, it's introducing a water soluble element and it's also filling in the gap on your cuticle, which is providing protection for people with high porosity hair. So at the end of this study, I could now get down to porosity, like what the treatment would do. And what is porosity? It's the health of the cuticle, which means way more than your hair pattern, okay? Because just because your hair devolves into an Afro does not mean that you have a certain hair type. And I know this because that's one of the benefits of the treatment. Once you do your first treatment, you'll learn what your real curl type is. That's amazing. And it's so empowering. And for people that like, I had this girl, um, one of the salons in Rhode Island, um, she has this client whose mom is white, the dad is black, but the daughter doesn't have the enviable, you know, type three ringlets that's like so moisturized and so whatever. No, her hair devolves into an Afro. And so when she walks into the salon, we were doing the treatment via Zoom um, because she was like training on it. Um, That morning was one of the worst mornings, like one of those like bad hair mornings because her daughter was trying to get her hair into a ponytail and mom couldn't help. Mom had no clue why the hair was doing what it was doing and she couldn't help. And there was like, it was a bad morning. And I told them, I said, this morning is your last bad hair morning. And that's a guarantee. And it was. So after this one treatment, her daughter, like it's on the website, um, the hairstylist said lots of great feedback from mom. Like even two weeks after the treatment, her daughter went swimming, came out and had curls instead of a hard, stiff, shrunken fro, right? Which is what we're used to. So that's the treatment. It's permanent. And every treatment, the results get better because it's a hair health 
treatment. It's improving the health of the hair so that the styling of the hair is so easy. So your wash day becomes like a wash hour. If you have time to luxuriate, to luxuriate, then you're going to do the head of mud mask and you're going to let that sit. She'll go to sleep or, you know, you'll do it for the day, whatever. But when you rinse it out and after you do your deep conditioner, like for the next week, two weeks, months, months, until your next treatment, you're going to enjoy a better experience with your hair. I mean, and that, and when I, yeah. And there's so many, I think, again, if you, if you, if you haven't had an awareness <laughs> of how important it is to make sure that your child has access to stuff that really keeps them healthy, their hair, their skin, and you know, healthy, it's it is it's it's hard to imagine that that you need to be this this intentional about it, but the I think very quickly if you don't then the hair becomes the problem and it's and it's not right as we said it's a beautiful example of human diversity does awesome things you know like there yeah. is, it is not a problem hair type it is a hair type that's not well represented with knowledgeable folks in the mainstream <laughs> no so, and everybody has like a band-aid solution and yeah. for me because of my experience I knew what the root problems were yeah. it's that it's not fast we live in a society yeah. so i need my hair to be able to get in a ponytail in five minutes with just water and the dream because i'm talking to you from mexico is that i have zero allegiance to any hair product when i travel like i'm not carrying on a bunch of hair products if anything i'll go to the other country and i will see what they got and see how my hair responds to it because the health of my hair is so high that now it's just like i get to pick and choose and i think for transracial households or interracial households hair products like for the textured hair, you have that experience of it works one time and it never works again. Yeah. And then it just gets stuck in the cupboard and then you're hoarding, right? <laughs> well, after a four naturals treatment, you'll be able to use those products because again, the health of the hair has improved. So the products will work and they'll work consistently and you won't be using a lot of them. So it's really like, it's a life change in that it improves your life like the things that you want the frustrations that you have you just spend a night treating the hair it yeah. all goes away and, and i think again yeah and if we're trying to help kids because if you're especially if they're being raised in situations where that are white dominated again from so many angles you start to feel like the other the weirdo the problem you just want to be normal you just want that ponytail so you'll go to great lengths and do a lot of damage to your hair to blend in and and i understand that human need to to blend in and it's especially tricky for kids who are being raised in multiracial or transracial houses we're trying to figure out right who are their mentors who how to how to be in the world if People are observing them as different and 
And I, and I just think the act, activities not having to be limited. Like that was another learning. I went shortly after college. I, I lived in a part of Southern Africa and, and I ironically taught swimming. And I remember the first day all the kids were mixed race and black. And the first day, like five of the girls were like, I cannot swim this. I'm, I'm, we did my hair. And I remember thinking, what? Like literally uh-huh. even at the time, like, what do you mean you can't swim? Cause your mom did your hair. This is PE class. I didn't say that luckily, but in my head I was like, what in the world? And and then, you know, friends are like, uh, that was seven hours yesterday for her. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like getting your hair wet appointments time like you can't budget your schedule and money for this one activity this one day yeah nope and so yeah so for for folks out there who haven't gotten it yet hopefully they're hearing loud and clearly it's just it's it's a beautiful thing to have something to offer to help with the health of your hair so you have more options for how you're going to style it, what styling works, what else can be put in it that is healthy, that doesn't derail your lifestyle, that doesn't limit career opportunities, that and that also just leaves you recognizing that that the problem is in what's what's out there that is assumed. To it be. was never you. Yes. It was never you. It was never you. Yeah. And I just I have so much passion for that, like fact because I just think about for my girlfriends and that's what I call the people that you know use the product and again like because this is improving the health of the hair for people in the texture gap it improves the health of everyone's hair so just because you have type one hair doesn't mean that isn't dry or you struggle with volume or you might have one or two hair health problems but the four naturals treatment will solve those for you too. So it's a treatment that the entire family, like it's, it's a unifier. And so for my curl friends that have struggled, that have had those bad hair mornings that have had those horrible vacations. And when they write in or, you know, the testers that I had, you know, when they would come in and they would tell me like, Hey, I had this one tester. She was turning 52 between her first and second treatment. She went to Hawaii. She was texting me (laughs) photos, putting flowers in her hair. She told me I swam with the turtles. (laughs) Two years old, swam with the turtles, no swim cap. I went to the hotel, rinsed my hair out with conditioner. I sprayed a little lot of body products. This product is from like the 1930s. And I was done for everybody. Juicy curls, like loving herself. You know, like that's the different experience. And for her, it was, my hair was never the problem. Yeah. It was never the problem. I never had to go in a wig. It just, I just needed to treat my hair. That's it. I need right. I needed to be given the tools, and I needed to, yeah to be under understand what's been, yeah, yeah. And then I can't. I've said it again. I'll say it one more time as we wrap up here. Like for, it's so having supported lots of transracially adoptive families over the years, navigating, trying their best. You know, admitting what we don't know, finding mentors, finding people who, you know, can model in so many ways what it means to navigate um, being a person of color uh, in any place, right? We happen to be in the U.S., but anywhere, nobody has it dialed uh, in terms of safety and wellness and, and health and all that. And it's so often our kids feel like the 
problem in the, you know, whether, and, and, they, and that something's wrong with them because they are different and people are seeing them as different. And if we, as white parents don't have the, the awareness that we need to ask the, the humility to, to ask, and then also yeah, go find practical, tangible. This is like, and I know parents are going to love it because this isn't just like, learn how to have a hard conversation about systemic racism and red light. No, no, <laughs> right? Because no. that didn't help me on set. Like, none of those conversations actually helped. I was like, I just got to make my hair a better man. That's it. That's it. And they're, um, right? like, they're important. We need, we need to know how to have the conversations about redlining. And... This is a day-to-day thing, and it, and it just reinforces the message that it, yeah, there are the the features, the texture, the quality, the texture that you have because of your beautiful heritage is not the problem. And don't you let anybody tell you that that is the case. Oh, and here no. are some wonderful things. So we're going to put in links to the, the products and I am happy to, I've got multiple people in mind already that I know will just jump at the chance and we'll be happy to hear this conversation. Any, any final words that you want to leave with folks who are listening as we sign off? Yeah, for your audience, I want you to know that like the Four Naturals Hair brand is about solutions, right? Like at the end of the day, that's what we're all looking for. And it's coming from a place of, yeah, I've been there. (laughs) And um, just another tangible thing is that we do live Q&As like every month. And I... I have a lot of experience with this uh, audience and I'm happy to pass along that information. Go to the website, check out the tutorials, the detangling method. It's so easy. It's super accessible. And yeah, you can really solve your problems. And that one like bugaboo on the family that seems to, again, it's one of those like a, a friction that is not expected like unexpected setbacks right yep you can solve it with this treatment and parent that's a that is magic to so many parents there's a solution to this dilemma like sign me up like that's that's awesome and a practical tangible one so thank you so much for making the time in your in your travels and everything to touch base and i am happy to to spread the word and i'm so glad we had a chance to meet and talk today All right. Well, thanks for listening today. Just a quick note here at the end to say I am so glad you joined and I hope you are too. And if you'd like to connect with me more, come take a look at my website, www.drlauraanderson.com. There you can join my newsletter, keep in touch and find out what is in the works. You can also join me for coffee and conversation uh, and Facebook at Common Cord Psychology Services. So check me out those places and I look forward to further connection. I'm glad you were here today.